Good evening, Boston. Welcome to BNN News. I'm Faith Amaphidon. Thanks for tuning in. On Monday, the city celebrated Labor Day with the annual Greater Boston Labor Council Breakfast, where union leaders and families from every neighborhood remembered the necessity of workers' rights. Union reps, workers, families, and figures from local government gathered for the Greater Boston Labor Council's Labor Day Breakfast, reflecting on the current state of union negotiations and benefits that members have enjoyed since coming to new agreements. Workers are all demanding what we have always deserved, a job that pays well enough to raise our families and strengthen our communities, a job that provides benefits to stay healthy and retire with dignity, and a job that honors our hard work and respects us as human beings. That's why 340,000 UPS workers represented by the Teamsters Union just won their best contract ever. Nothing's ever given to the labor movement, sisters and brothers. It's when we stand together and fight for it. Standing together with co-workers in a union makes it a tangible difference. And you can feel that day in and day out. Just think about some of the benefits of being in a union. Just think about it. Workers enjoy a minimum of a 20% difference in pay between their non-union counterparts. The breakfast comes at the end of a long summer of labor protests as writers, actors, hotel workers, Amazon employees, food industry workers, and many others unionize and demand fair contracts. No stranger to opposition, labor organizers have fought relentlessly in the face of apathetic employers and hazardous work conditions. This year, hotel, Seaport Hotel decide to drop three quarters of my co-workers, including myself, down to part-time. Yeah. We were left without health insurance. And as we all know, we know what means not to have a health insurance in this country. We lost our vacation time, we lost our sick time, we lost anything and everything. Many of us was depressed. We left very disappointed. We were just stabbed in the back after so many years of hard work and service for the Seaport Hotel and Wall Trade Center. And you can imagine how much that hurts. It does hurt a lot. Joined by state and city leadership, Mayor Michelle Wu showed support for Boston's unions and the people behind them as she spoke on recent accomplishments in bringing both parties to the table. And we're committed to leaving nothing on the table when it comes to supporting our workers across sectors, trades, neighborhoods, and industries. That means applying the power and scope of city purchasing and contracting to drive fair and equitable labor standards all across Boston. It means ending exploitation where it's happening and stopping it everywhere else before it starts. And above all, it, it means keeping our workers safe. We're doing everything in our power to ensure that every worker in Boston can go to work confident that they'll clock out at the end of the day and head home to their families healthy and well. Workers like Jerome Hargrove across the country are finding out what is possible through collective action. 
And their reason for why they're doing this is simple. Because I am in a union and I get benefits and I, ha I have the opportunity to work one job to make sure that I take care of my family, when many others don't have the same opportunities because they have to work multiple jobs, it's not fair. I believe wholeheartedly that being part of a union, being part of something that is strong, that can go and fight for these things so that all of us will have the opportunities to do one job so we can take care of our families and get all the benefits is a plus. Labor Day was commemorated in all fashions with union workers rallying in the streets to fight for unionization and living wages. We have done what workers have done for decades is fight up, fight, stand up and fight for their rights. Saturday morning brought together hundreds of union and non-union workers, the campaign for janitors, airport workers, and rideshare drivers under banners that read, We Make Massachusetts Move. The rally commemorated the importance of Labor Day as they marched through the financial district, demonstrating their dedication to creating equity within all industries of Boston. We marched today because even though janitors clean in the most important sectors of the biotech industry, Pfizer, Moderna, Takeda, companies like that, workers still uh, don't have full-time jobs with health care, even though they clean on a daily basis the pharmaceutical companies that make Massachusetts strong. And so we need to remember those workers today as we talk about Labor Day and push to make sure that they have uh, they, they can sustain their families um, with livable wages, full-time work, health care, uh, and continue to contribute to the economy of Massachusetts. Although the city has standards for living wages, thousands of people in pursuit of higher pay are at risk of losing their ground in the fight for unionization and a post-pandemic economy. Today we are not only here to remember, but also to celebrate. We celebrate the, uh, all the, the, the victories that we have had, but also, also we need to remember the lives that we've lost in this, in the, in the fight for justice, and the lives that you have saved as workers. You have saved lives cleaning in this pandemic. And we as politicians need to always remember that, that the fight for workers' rights is the fight for immigrant rights. It's the fight for ra racial justice. It is the fight to make sure that we have environmental justice. They are all connected. And we need to always stand by the side of uh, workers for a union and for higher salaries. The rally united members of Service Workers Union 32BJSCIU, which includes janitors, security officers, and airport workers, with non-unionized workers from airport contractor Swissport and rideshare drivers from Uber and Lyft, who are organizing to form a union that protects their rights. But we came here today to advocate for the rights of working men and women for social and economic justice. We're here right at the Dr. Martin Luther King Memorial. And he reminded us about a threat to justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And when workers aren't receiving a decent wage here in the most liberal progressive city in the country, there's something wrong with that. When service workers go without uh, livable wages, health care, full-time work, that affects their whole 
communities. Those are whole communities uh, and, and uh, it really affects our society as a whole, the fabric of our society. These are workers that our economy relies on. They're no longer being able to care for their families if we don't invest in their and lift them up uh, with strong, good, strong wages and good jobs. Unionizing industries and providing workers a dignified wage not only benefits employees, but it lifts up the communities they live in, creating more financial security for families throughout Boston. I think when, when there's that sort of um, disparity in wages and disparity in work, it impacts folks' social class and access to opportunity. That's what folks want. They want to work hard, get paid a livable wage, so they can have access and opportunity for themselves and their kids. And when you don't have that, you have a disparity not just in wages, ends up being a disparity in our schools, ends up being our disparity in our health, ends up with disparity for our youth. And you know, there's nothing more important than fighting to, to bring things into balance. Boston is considered one of the most progressive places in the country. Even so, there are many strides to be made when it comes to workers' rights. In Mattapan, the students of Mildred Avenue K-8 school felt the love after a summer away from teachers, and it was overflowing on their first day back to school yesterday. From the moment they stepped off the bus, students received the red carpet treatment on Thursday as Mattapan educators, joined by a few special friends, welcomed them back to a new school year. Every young person in Boston deserves to have the red carpet rolled out for them to every possible opportunity we can create and our schools are one of the best platforms to really connect in not just the teaching and learning which is going to be um, even at a, a, a higher level this year but all of the sports and arts and internships and other opportunities really the entire city should be the classroom for our young people and we thank our educators so much for opening up the whole world to them. The gesture did more than settle nerves on the first day of school. It was an undeniable show of love from Mildred Ave K-8 School, which considers itself an extension of home for these young scholars. So for kids, when they come back to school on this first day, the most important thing is that they see that we're all here, that we love them, that they feel welcome. This is their home. You know, we have them all day when they're not home with their parents. And so the biggest thing for me that we're starting off making kids feel like they're part of our community and part of our team here, and that will set them up for success to learn during the year. And knowing the students are viewed as worthy, comforted parents who only want the best for their children's futures. Having a quality school is very important for me and my son, for him to grow up to have a great future. So it starts here, right here in elementary school. And I believe that this school has a good curriculum, there's good teachers. As you can see, they have a lot going on um, for the first day. So um, this is important for them to feel comfortable where they're at, the atmosphere, the community, and just to have a good time right now is very important for him, his first day. With the school year, you know, we always look forward to her being able to step out and be on her own, meet new friends and, and encourage it. It's always hard to, you know, see them go off and spread their wings, but it's a great opportunity for them to learn and grow on their own. Expectations for Boston Public Schools are high. Earlier this year, the superintendent announced a $1.6 billion budget for the 2023-2024 school year, up $65 million from the last. With increased funding going towards expansion of inclusion classrooms, teacher salaries, as well as renovations of buildings and more robust amenities for students.
You know, this is going to be an incredible year. This is a year that we're starting so strong from last year, uh, fully staffed, you know, with, a, with bus drivers, with monitors, um, 200 more than last year, uh, really food service. I can't wait to get into the cafeterias and see a lot of the scratch cooking that's happening. Uh, and the teachers, you know, can't say enough. You know, many of them worked over the summer. They're back here. They've been preparing, ready to welcome our young people. Ultimately, the changes underscore BPS's renewed focus and preparing our young people at day one. And what says we believe more in your success than that? Early education is super important. We really want to see universal pre-K in the city of Boston uh, because we know that when we can get, or, you know, the gaps start actually very early. They start, you know, even when uh, children are, are, you know, less than one or two years old, um, the vocabulary gaps, etc. And so having that early intervention, having universal pre-K, uh, making sure there's really a, a, a huge emphasis on ensuring that students are ready to learn and learning at grade level, you know, in the early years is really important for our students and their long-term success as well. In recognition of Environmental Awareness Month, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts is donating $1 for every ride taken on blue bikes in September to the Boston Tree Alliance, a City of Boston program working with Mass Autobahn to bolster the city's tree canopy, the parts of the city that are shaded by trees. The donations will apply to all rides taken across the blue bike system's 13 municipalities. Donations will go directly towards the Boston Tree Alliance and its tree planting and care in environmental justice neighborhoods. Growing the urban forest will help reduce heat island impacts and public health stressors, increase Boston residents' access to the physical and emotional benefits trees provide, improve quality of life, and promote biodiversity. The mayor's office has announced a new application for a rapid rehousing grant to support Boston's returning citizens, allocating $1.1 million to provide critical housing support, including rental assistance, intensive care management, housing locator research services, and other housing-related services. The grant is intended to encourage applicant organizations to build comprehensive support systems that will help returning citizens stay stably housed. Programs should be designed to accommodate the various needs of returning citizens, including financial literacy, job training, healthcare access, legal advocacy, family reunification, and educational services. Applications for the Rapid Rehousing Grant are now open, with proposals due by October 25th. James Laval is a clinical pharmacist, author, board-certified clinical nutritionist, and CEO of Metabolic Code Enterprises with 40 years of clinical experience in metabolic and a lot of other wonderful, wonderful things. Uh, he was actually appointed a faculty member and course educator for the Integrative Medicine Postgraduate Program at George Washington University School of Health Sciences. Laval has authored more than 20 books, including Cracking the Metabolic Code, and serves as a scientific advisor for probiotics.com. He joined us by Zoom to share how we can honor our wallets and nutrition with these healthy tips. I would love to cut through some food debates that I have right now, especially in this climate of inflation that we find ourselves in. Is it For more? Sure. Yes. Is it more expensive to eat healthy? I think you have to work a little harder to eat healthy, but it's every bit is reasonable. Think about how many times you know people, or maybe for yourself, you go through a fast food restaurant because it's a long day and you just got to get something. It's easy for people to spend for a 
two people, 24 to $30. And you can buy a lot of food with that. So no, I really believe you can eat healthy and do it on a budget, but you do have to be smart. Okay, great. So I'm going to save some money on that bet. Thank you so much. Uh, and what are some strategies uh, you can share for eating healthy, but on a budget? Sure. So, I mean, if you look at, you know, if you want to be healthy, you, you go to thinking about the blue zones, right? And the blue zones were areas where people live to 100, the biggest concentration of them in population. So Sardinia, uh, you think of Icaria, Greece, you think of Okinawa, Loma Linda, California, people eat more vegetables. What's the problem with that? If you're like, for me, we have two people in the household now. We go and buy a bunch of vegetables and put them in the fridge. Five days later, you open up the fridge. Guess what? Things are growing on them. They're fuzzy. So we got to pull them out and you throw them away. So one of the things you can do is you can buy frozen vegetables. Frozen vegetables actually are picked at height brightness. And people are able to, uh, you know, just reseal that bag with the unused portion, right? And Mm -hmm. they're reasonable in terms of cost. So frozen vegetables are a big deal. Um, We know you got to eat protein. So, and one of the ways to do that is to combine maybe legumes, you know, beans, peas, those types of uh, foods with uh, quinoa or rice. You make a complete protein. It's a lower cost protein. Uh, I always caution people on rice, though, because they tend to make big bowls of rice and you know, little bits of rice, not big bowls of rice, just like pasta, you know, little, not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a cheap way. You can do a night a week where you don't have animal protein. I think that's a big way that you can save as well. The other thing that I've done, I know personally, I plan my meal. And I either order the food as a service to to be delivered for me to cook, or I go to the grocery store with that. I got my meals planned out, so I'm only buying what I need. And we saved probably 50% on our food bill when we started to get religious about that. Hmm. I mean, it it made a huge difference because you go to the store hungry, that grocery cart gets heavy, right? You're putting so much in there. So you want to watch that. Don't be hungry going to the grocery store. And I'd say the other one is, you know, coupon. All you got to do is pick this up, get your phone out, and get the store that you're going to, get the app, and start looking at the deals of the week. Do they have chicken on sale? Do they have, you know, is there a grass-fed beef on sale? I'm a big fan of, you know, trying to eat cleaner and healthier, so grass-fed beef or bison, Maybe fish is on sale. Whatever it is, um, it could be vegetables, but take advantage of coupons. Um, they're digital now. You don't have to take the time to cut them out of your paper. <laughs> like, That's right. I, but you know, when I was young, uh, I hate saying that because it makes me sound like back when I was a kid. Uh, but it's true. You know, when you're 60 plus years old, you go, you know, we used to have to get the Sunday paper and cut out the coupons. Well, now you got them at your fingertips. And I I think that's really important is be diligent about I can get frozen veggies. If I want to eat healthier, getting some beans and getting a little bit of rice or quinoa, getting uh, more vegetables in your diet are central to good health. And then people are spending money on supplements, too. So if you're going to spend money on supplements, look for ones that have the science behind them and the ones that can multitask. Like they can do more than one thing for you Mm. by default. Right. I mean, by default, 
heart disease is the number one killer. So if you want to look at probably the top supplement in that category, um, Kyolic, which has got 900 publications, studied at UCLA, reverses vulnerable plaque, lowers blood pressure. And, you know, we got a lot of people that are overweight and insulin resistant that have, you know, slightly elevated blood pressure. So if you're somebody that's looking for supplementation, and a lot of people are these days since the pandemic, they're like, hey, I want to take some nutrients to try to get me healthier. Kyolic, and they have a family of products. You can get one that's got, you know, immune and bone health built into one because, you know, as people age, they lose bone density and there's a big risk. You want to protect your bone density and when you keep your immune system strong and keep your blood vessels in good shape. That's probably one of the most studied. And I've written, you know, 26 books and four databases on natural products, all right? And I call out the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is one of the all-stars for people uh, when they're looking at dietary supplements is something they should include into their program. Excellent. So multi-purpose uh, supplements is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, for example, the bone one has got, you know, vitamin D in it. Aged garlic extract actually helps with bone as well. Uh, it has some B vitamins in it, uh, which helps with what's called methylation. And then in addition to that, it has fish oil in it, which helps with, you know, your immune health as well. And it has vitamin K2 in it, which is really good for, for telling your body to hold on to that calcium and don't let it go. So it's just one of those examples. There's other ones that are out there, but I think it's so important for people. They, they got to watch their money now. I mean, like you said at the beginning, but prices are up. I mean, I, I go into the grocery store and, I think of what I paid for chicken two years ago, and I look at what I'm paying for eggs or chicken today. It's amazing. I know, astronomical. I, I would like to go back to uh, the frozen food uh, because I know sure. there are people who really enjoy getting their fresh produce, uh, but in terms of frozen food, is it just as nutritious as fresh food? Yeah, that's a great question. And actually, frozen food is picked at the height of its freshness, like peak ripeness, and that it is flash frozen, and that actually seals the nutrients in it. Now look, and, I, and I'm just being straight up with you, I love fresh produce. I just have to be careful not to buy a week's worth because a lot of times it'll go, some of it will go bad. So I'm gonna make more frequent trips to the grocery store. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna burn more gas. That's gonna cost money. And so frozen can be every bit as good. My big warning on that is just don't overcook them, mm. right? Because they get mushy and then, and then, you know, doesn't taste so good. You know, mushy cauliflower is not a good thing, right? Um, unless you want to rice it, then it's pretty good. Um, but I think, you know, I, I, I think that you can incorporate some of this into your plan where you can have a couple or three nights of your vegetables at a very reasonable cost. High nutrient density, easy to fix, and right there in your freezer so you've got something. And then, of course, I like broccolini. I'm Italian. I'm going to want to go buy some broccolini, right? Yeah. Uh, I like fresh salads. I'm going to want to buy and get make a fresh salad. So you're going to combine these strategies uh, in, in order to really figure out, you know, hey, I, in, in the end, if you're in the blue, if you're thinking about the blue zones, the, the people that live the longest, 
Yeah, I got to eat more vegetables. And that doesn't mean the sauce on the chicken wings, folks. That means you've got to actually get some veggies in your diet. It will be a huge difference in the way you feel. All right. Louder for the people in the back. And uh, in regard to the proteins, I know proteins are so essential as well, but how are ways that we can um, find less expensive proteins so they're still uh, packing in that nutritional punch? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that you can do is uh, you can drink protein drinks, right? You can get, a, like, if in the morning, for a lot of people who are struggling with their weight, and I have two clinics. I'm, I mean, I teach docs all over the world on how to manage weight in addition to a bunch of other conditions for people. You know, I have people do a smoothie in the morning. Put, get, get a nice big jar of a plant-based protein uh, or, or any type of protein powder for that matter because that's pretty cheap per serving. And you can do that each morning. The other one is getting beans and legumes, you know, and, and combining that with some rice or some quinoa or another grain so that when you combine the beans with the grain, you get complete proteins. And it's a lot. It's cheaper, right? Especially if you look, if you make your own beans, like get the dried greens, soak them and then pour the water off, do it again. You know, make sure that you're cooking them properly. That becomes incredibly affordable. But even then, canned or, you know, once again, canned organic beans and legumes, very easy to get. A couple bucks, but if you're looking for those coupons, sometimes you'll get three cans for $3, right? That's mm -hmm. three meals for a dollar. That's pretty reasonable. Then you combine that with some of those frozen veggies and cook up a little bit of rice. Man, you got yourself something that you're going to have a decent meal and it's saving you money. To conclude this week's episode, BNN News shares with a heavy heart the passing of Janice Williams, longtime producer, friend, co-worker, and wife of our current general manager, Glenn Williams. Before starting as our membership and marketing manager in 2013, she was a part of the BNN Live lineup, serving as producer of the long-standing All About the Arts program, which ran for 25 years. After retiring in 2017, Janice devoted herself to running BNN Media's art gallery and other art events. She also sponsored countless community producers through her nonprofit organization, the Rosendale Arts Alliance, and raised money to provide scholarships for BNN youth programs. She actively supported our media campaigns and programs. Thank you, Janice, for your contributions to the BNN media community. Your presence, commitment, and support will be missed. Thank you for tuning in, Boston. That's our broadcast for tonight. For BNN News, I'm Faith Amaphidon, and I'll see you next Friday.